Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Wow, what a, what a great, great day. Before I get started, um, I was looking out earlier and I saw Benita, but I, I did not see Annie. Annie was in the hospital this week, and here she is in church today. Don't you love that? Uh, I, I want to let you know that, you know, based on the, uh, you can probably guess, based on the video uh, today that we're going to be talking about baking cookies. No, we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about running, but, but here's the thing. The Apostle Paul, and, and I believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of debate who wrote the book of Hebrews, and I, I believe it's the Apostle Paul because he uses these sports analogies, and if you look in all of his writings, Paul loved sports. My guess, if Paul was today and he was writing today, or if the sports we have now were back then, you would have heard Paul write about hitting home runs. Just get on base. When the world throws a fastball, you just hit it out of the park. Running your, running your route, making sure that you're right there. Uh, you know, heading toward the end zone, making a touchdown, whatever it may be. I, I'm sure, I'm certain that he would have talked about basketball, helping one another, pick and rolls, and, and everything else. Paul, Paul loved sports. He talked about fighting. He talked about wrestling. And in, and in Hebrews 12, it talks about running. Now, I, I love running. I, I love sports. I, I played them all when I was in, in uh, junior high, high school, and, and the older I get, the better I was. Uh, but it, it, it's amazing that, that I, I loved them all. I love football. I love baseball. I really love basketball. But to be honest, I think if I had to, to pick one, it would be a tough choice between basketball and track. Because track and field was so amazing. Because there's so many moving parts. Because you have the track where they're running, and then you have on the inside of the track, it's long jump and high jump and everything else. And, and it was, it's an incredible experience. One of, one of the things, if you've never been to a track and field meet, I would encourage you to go. And you say, well, I don't know anybody that's running really doesn't matter if you're in the stands and there's a and there is a race and it's close it doesn't matter if you know any of them when they when those athletes are heading toward the finish line you will stand and you will cheer it's just something there you get caught up in the emotions of it all. There's no one sitting there saying, oh, that was a good race. They're up on their feet cheering. And, and what Paul, the writer of Hebrews, is expressing to us in Hebrews 12, he is talking about an analogy of running a race in our spiritual life. He begins by saying, therefore. That is a powerful word. Because everything that's following is based on everything that was preceding. And to know what was ahead of this, you have to go look back at chapter 11, where the writer of Hebrews is talking about the hall of faith. All of those in the Old Testament that starting with 
Abel that offered a more excellent sacrifice, an Enoch that walked with God, and then he wasn't because God took him, for he had this testimony that he pleased God. And he starts talking about all of these people like Noah that had faith in God, that God spoke to him, and he took 100 years and built an ark. Can you imagine in our day and time anybody taking a hundred years to do anything? With technology the way it is, I get frustrated when there's one too many commercials and one is too many. It, it, it's incredible, but all of these people in the Old Testament, and they list one after another after another, all of these men and these women that were people of faith that trusted in God, that, that, that lived their lives focused on a promise. And the scripture says in Hebrews 11, 40, he says, they didn't obtain it. They didn't get it. They didn't achieve. They ran their life and never got the prize. See, the, the thing about, about running a race, you think that the number one thing is about winning is really not. The number one thing about a race is finishing. In a, ra in a runner's mind, they want to win. But what's more important is finishing the race. You see it over and over and over again. All you have to do is, is uh, Google uh, great sports endings in races, and you'll see men and women that have fallen, that have tripped on the track. There's a couple of ones that are so inspiring that one, one guy tripped and hurt his ankle and, and he kept on trying. Everybody else already finished the, went across the finish line, but he was trying and he was hurt. And his dad runs out of the bleachers and in onto the field and helps his son across the finish line. It's a powerful analogy that... that this author is trying to help us understand that everybody in the Old Testament is focused on us. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who are those witnesses? He's talking about Abraham. He's talking about Isaac. He's talking about Moses. He's talking about King David. He is talking about all the prophets in the Old Testament. He is talking about everybody that had this promise spoken to them and they lived their entire life and never had it come to pass. He's talking about all of these that have run the race and now they're, in, in his mind he is saying, look, they're all around us cheering us on. The, the Eastern understanding of, of life is a little different than the, the Western culture in which we live. In, in, in our culture, our, our past is, you know, those that are on stage today in, in history are here, and then they're moved off into a book somewhere, and whoever is alive and present, they're on the stage of life. That's Western culture. Eastern culture is a little different. Eastern culture is... You never get off the stage. You live your life, and then you become part of the background. And Paul is capturing this understanding that 
that this great cloud of witnesses from Abraham and Isaac and all of these are looking at us. Listen to what Hebrews 11:40 says. He, he writes about all of these that have lived their lives and they didn't achieve, they didn't have the promise. And he says, because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they should not be made complete or they should not be made perfect. What they lived their life for, we have possessed. What they longed for, what they looked for in faith, we possess in faith. What they, the redemption they looked for, we have received in faith. They looked for a Savior, we have received a Savior. And together... Paul is saying we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that he, he's building this picture that all of those that we admire, all of those that we look to and inspire to be like are looking around us and saying, come on, you can finish the race. Come on, you can make it. Come on. It's not about being first. It's about finishing the race. It's about going across the finish line. And they're all there cheering for us. Have you ever thought about that? It's amazing. It's amazing if you're running a race and there's people in the crowd that are cheering you on. Oh, it's so inspiring. It's, it's just amazing. And Paul says, Paul says this, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, Notice the, the plural, the plurality of this. Notice that Paul doesn't say, since you have a great cloud of witnesses. He said, we, let us, our, everything in this passage of Scripture is plural. The implication is very simple. We're in the race together. And Paul's desire to, to his audience in Hebrews 12 is the same as us today that we run the race together that we look to help one another that we finish the race not that we're focused on being first not that we're focused on being second but that we started a race and we are going to finish the race and it's those that not just run the race but it's those that finish the race they receive the prize and and the writer of hebrews is saying if you have started this race of life, if God has pardoned your sins, if God has forgiven you, if God has granted you eternal life, then you owe it to those of the Old Testament. You owe it to those that are sitting around you. You owe it to your children and your grandchildren. You owe it to those that came before you to continue to run the race of life. Keep focused on the prize he said, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every encumbrance or every weight and every sin. Why would he do that? Why would he say that? You ever seen a track meet where somebody was wearing combat boots? 
They don't do that, do they? You don't see them running with ankle weights. They may do that in training with the ankle weights. They, but when you're in the race, you let go of anything that will slow you down. And the author here, Paul, is saying, let go of the things that hinder you, the things that, that bind you. Sometimes when you're, when you're playing a sport, you know, basketball, which requires a lot of arm movement, sometimes if you're wearing a shirt that's too tight, it may look good while you're just standing there like this, but you can't move. Anybody own a shirt like that? Uh, and, but it's not good for basketball. You have to take that shirt off and put on a jersey that gives you free-flowing movement. And Paul is saying, anything that slows you down in this life, just let it go. Because your number one goal in life is to run well, is to finish. Finish this race that you have started. Finish what has been started in you. Don't allow anything that is around you in this world because this world is temporal. It's temporary. It's just here for a day and gone for tomorrow. But the race in which we are running has an eternal prize, an eternal reward awaiting all that cross that finish line. My friends, don't allow anything in this life to hold you back. And you say, well, Pastor, what, what is he talking about? Well, I'm really glad you asked. Amen. Because the things that can hold you back, the things that can hold you back, bad attitudes, resentment, having your eyes set on something else and not on the Lord. Having something else coming in and taking priority. You know what is amazing is if you're, if you're a runner and, and this always irritated me about runners that they eat really well. They don't eat cookies and chocolate and all the other basic food groups like soda because they know that if they're going to put all of that stuff in their body when they start running, it's going to come out. And it's going to come out by being lethargic and being, being less than what you could be. Even can make you nauseous. Paul, Paul understood this. And, and, and one of the things that... that helps us in our journey, in our run, in our race, is to consume the Word of God. Consume those things which are good. Consume those things which are right. It gives you strength on the inside to continue the race. Don't allow the things around you to interfere with what's really important. Because, after all, all of the things of this world are going to pass away and we're running to finish the race he says get, get rid of all the encumbrances because I don't know why I'm well 
Here we go. Uh, there are a lot of things that are not sins, but they are definitely encumbrances. Things that will slow your relationship with Christ, you need to get rid of. You say, but it's not a sin. That's okay. If it slows you down, it's not good for you. If it's going to hinder you in your walk and relationship with God, get rid of it. But that person over there can do it. That's that person. You and God have to work that out. That's why the Bible says work out your own salvation. Don't worry what, make, what other people can do. Focus on what you can do what you need to do, what you need to get rid of in your life that is slowing your relationship down, and just focus on that. Because the one thing about running, even though we're running together and even though we encourage one another, running is as much of a mental sport as it is a physical sport. You have to get your mind prepared to run. So he says, throw off all of those encumbrances, those things that, that will weight you down, that you don't run, that you get tired. And he says, and get rid of the sin that entangles you, that binds you, that keeps you from really running. Get rid of anything and everything in your life. And you say, well, is he being mean? No, he's not being mean. He's not being austere. He's trying to encourage us to be the very best runners that we can be. He's encouraging us to be like Noah, to be like Abraham, to be like Moses, to be like Deborah, to be like all of those in the, in the Old Testament, those that we know about and even those that we do not, those that, that lost their lives for their faith, that ran well. He's saying, get rid of everything and let's run with perseverance. Patience. Patience. Keep running the race that's marked out for us. And I love what he says in verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You fix your eyes on him. When you're running, you're, you're, not, you're not looking at the scenery you're not looking at the sky. You're not even looking at the ground. You're focused on one thing, and that's the goal. That's the finish line. And Jesus is standing there at the finish line. And Jesus is saying, come on. You can make it. Come on. You can finish. But, but Pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. Jesus does. And he's saying, come on. You have a great cloud of witnesses around you that is encouraging you, that is cheering you on. Everybody that has run this race is looking and saying, come on, we did it. You can do it. Come on. The reward is amazing. Come on. Just keep running. Just keep running. What is our focus then? Our focus is to win or to finish this race, our focus is to complete the race that is set out for us. Can I ask you a question? We're, we're getting ready to, to take communion, and the reason why we take communion, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. The reason why Jesus said, 
to as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me because he is the one that allows us to run the race. He is the one that, that has set us up for success. He is the one that encourages us, that strengthens us, that gives us his spirit. He is the one that allowed us to even be in this amazing thing called the church. It's Christ and Christ alone. He is the one where the Bible says, for the joy set before him. What was the joy set before him? It was the finish line of his life. He endured the cross and despised the shame. Even when he was in the garden and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was saying, I know I have a, a, a tough race ahead of me, but I'm going to keep running. He kept his eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the goal. We, we have two young ladies today that are going to be baptized. And what they're saying to you and to the world is, my eyes are fixed on Jesus, and I am running the race. And they are telling the world, I am going to finish this race. And we get to be here to cheer them on. But in the meantime, I'm going to ask our, our, uh, those that are going to help me with communion to please come. And we're going to partake in communion. And I, I want to challenge you. I like to use communion as a time to reflect so that we can look at, at life ourselves, our own lives. And the reason why the scripture always talks about checking your attitude and checking uh, what's in your life and any encumbrances and stuff because scripture knows God knows humanity and God knows that we have a tendency to get tangled up in life and communion is one of those times where you can be honest with God and allow him to speak to you and if there is something that you're hanging on to, if there's something that has entered your life, it's an opportunity to say, God, here this is, because I want to run this race without anything tripping me up. Would you pray with me?